good evening. If you would turn in your Bibles with me to Philippians 4, 4 through 9. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. Last summer, I was presented with the opportunity to participate in a Greek class run by Pastor Marshall. I eagerly accepted, knowing it would be good for me to take. It started out easy, but as the semester progressed, the quizzes continued to get harder and harder. I was starting to get worried, knowing that the final was coming up and not wanting to make a bad grade. The worrying continued to get worse until the day of the final. When I walked into class, I was so worried, my heart was racing, and I was shaking so badly that I couldn't even write correctly. I was so worried about getting a bad grade that it was controlling me. Now, it may seem foolish of me to care so much about this final, but don't Christians often worry about things like this today? Whether it's money, work, or even the outcome of a ball game, people are anxious about things all the time. Hence, Christians lack true peace. When Paul wrote this book, he was in prison for sharing the gospel, and he was likely facing execution. Most people would be down in the dumps, not uplifting and encouraging others. But Paul tells the church of Philippi to, to, to stay joyful in every circumstance. What was his secret to having peace and joy in a trial like this? This passage in Philippians tells us that it is through God alone that we can have peace. Because God offers true peace for his children, we must look to him. With his help, we can be at peace no matter how difficult a circumstance may be. We need to not be worried when tribulation comes, but instead turn to him. Tonight, let's look at three different ways Christians can fight anxiety. The first way, as you can see on the paper in front of you, is to remember the Lord. We do this firstly by rejoicing in the Lord. If you would look with me at verse 4, Paul says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Paul tells them, rejoice. And just in case you weren't listening the first time, I'm going to say it again. Rejoice. Throughout the book of Philippians, joy is a major theme. The word showing up more than 20 times. Why do you think Paul thought it was so important to rejoice? Rejoicing in the Lord is remembering who he is and what he has done for us. Paul knew that people have the tendency to forget what the Lord has done for them and instead focus on the bad things. And Paul doesn't just say to rejoice sometimes or when you feel like it, but instead he says to rejoice at all times. Everyone faces difficult circumstances, like losing a job or a loved one. And when we do, we tend to forget the Lord and throw ourselves a pity party and eat all the ice cream in the house. 
It is essential that we never forget what the Lord has done and always rejoice in him. After the Israelites were enslaved in Egypt, they cried out to the Lord and raised up Moses, who commanded Pharaoh to let God's people go. The Lord then sent the ten plagues to deliver them from Egypt. He parted the Red Sea and provided a cloud pillar by day and a fire pillar by night to guide them. And he repeatedly delivered them from their enemies. They had so much to be thankful for. And yet we see them complaining, going as far as to say that they wish they were back in Egypt. How could they possibly stop rejoicing in what the Lord had done for them? Now we may think they are foolish to forget the Lord's goodness, but don't we do the same today? After a season of blessings, we complain when the first trial comes our way. We need to not be like the Israelites and always rejoice in the Lord when we face trials. Later in this chapter, in verse 11, Paul says, Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. Let us be like Paul and always rejoice. Another way to remember the Lord is given in verse 5, where Paul says, Let your gentleness be known to all men. As Christians, we must be gentle. Now, when men think of the word gentle, they think of weakness and a lack of masculinity. But as Christians, we are called to have this gentleness. What does this mean? The word for gentleness can also be translated as reasonableness and forbearance, putting up with others. When we are are gentle, we are not being weak, but we are showing consideration for those around us. It means that we are humble enough to stop insisting on having our way and instead yielding our rights for the benefit of others. We should not be known by people as people who stir up trouble, but instead we should always make for peace. In Romans 12, 18, the Bible says, If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. We must do everything in our power to be at peace with those around us. Now, it may not seem too difficult to be gentle to some people, but if you're like me, there's probably someone out there who isn't all that easy to get along with. I will just let you imagine who that may be. (laughs) But Paul says we must be gentle to all men, not just those who are gentle to you. It doesn't matter what they've done to you, it matters what you do to them. We should be known by everyone to be peacemakers and not start arguments, but stop them. Finally, under remembering the Lord, we need to be ready. Paul says in verse 5 that the Lord is at hand. Well, this could mean that he is near, is more likely a reference to the coming of Christ. We need to be ready. We need to live life remembering that the Lord is coming soon. Live in the reality of his imminent return. If we do this, it makes it all the easier to rejoice in the Lord and to show gentleness to all men. We know that Jesus will settle every wrong at his return, and we can trust him to make things right in our falling apart world. When we are tempted to worry about the future, We need to remember what the Lord has done for us and rejoice. We also must remember that he is coming soon and will right all the wrongs in the world. So we should be gentle to all men. By remembering him, we can have peace. Not only should we remember the Lord, but we should also trust in the Lord. Paul says in the beginning of verse 6, Be anxious for nothing. This is the command to trust. Now what does it mean to be anxious for nothing? means that we completely trust the Lord always and recognize that we have nothing to fear. When we are anxious, we have stopped trusting that God is in complete control of our lives. 
The Lord is worthy of our trust. I'm sure most of you know Mr. Murphy, who presents the gospel in creative ways to the kids at VBS. He does this thing called a trust fall, where you fall backwards and he catches you right before you hit the ground. If you step backwards, then he knows that you didn't completely trust him. I thought it looked like fun and would try falling into other people's arms. One day, we were at an older cousin's house, and I decided to try having my cousin catch me. I explained what he was supposed to do, and he agreed. I looked up to the cousin and completely trusted him, so I had no reason to doubt. I fell back, and my cousin reached out his arms to catch me. But, as you probably guessed, right before I hit the ground, he jumped out of the way, and I banged my head on the ground. It was obviously very foolish of me to trust his cousin to catch me. But you know what? God always catches us. He will never let us hit the ground like I did. We have no reason to be anxious, since God is in control of everything. If you look with me again at verse 6, Paul says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. He makes a contrast here, saying to be anxious about nothing, but to pray about everything. This is how to trust in God. We must bring all of our worries before the Lord. Nothing is too large to bring to him, and nothing is too small. The Lord cares about us and wants us to speak to him about everything. We do this by prayer and supplication. Prayer is broader, meaning to communicate with God, but supplication is directly asking God to do something. When we come before the Lord and humbly ask him for his help, we are showing our trust in him that he will hear us and respond. But we can't come before the Lord complaining about our situation. As Paul says in verse 6, we must be thankful when we pray. Thank him for what he has done, rather than being angry at him for what is happening. Be thankful to him, since he is the all-powerful God, who can do above and beyond anything we ask or think. At the end of verse 6, when Paul says, Let your requests be made known to God, he is not saying that God doesn't already know what you want. What God wants is for you to humble yourself and come before him. Let's look together at the beginning of verse 7. Paul says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. This is the result of trust. When we bring our request to God, he will give us his peace that surpasses all understanding. The word surpass means to exceed or rise above. His supernatural peace is so great that it exceeds our comprehension. We cannot even begin to wrap our minds around it. And when we get this peace, Paul says it guards us. A harder mind that is unguarded will wallow in fear and anxiety. But when we have God's peace, we will be able to stop worrying. So, we can see that prayer is a very effective way to fight anxiety. When we are worried, we need to bring our request to the Lord, and he will give us his peace. Let's move on to the third way to fight anxiety, which is to meditate on the Lord. If you look with me at verse 8, Paul says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Now, I don't have the time to go through every one of these individually, but the main idea is that we need to change our thinking. When we meditate on the things of the world, they will drag us down, and anxious thoughts will start to flood our mind. 
But in this verse, Paul tells us that we need to feed our minds with blessings from God and think on him and his attributes. This can be a challenge, especially during trying times. Now, let's say you're like me and you're worried about an upcoming final. You might be tempted to start thinking wrong thoughts and worrying. But this verse says that we should think things that are true, like that God is in control. And the final isn't that big of a deal overall. If we do this, then God will help us to stop worrying. Controlling our thoughts is a very important part of overcoming anxiety. Paul doesn't just say to change our thoughts, but also to change our lifestyle. In verse six, or verse 9, Paul says, The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. First, Paul calls them to do the things they learned and received from him. These are his teachings and his letters. He's calling them to listen to his teaching and to obey his instruction. Now, you might expect a do-as-I-say-not-as-I-do scenario, but then we see that Paul calls them to do the things they have heard and seen in him as well. Paul was not perfect, but he was a good example to the Philippians, and he exhorts them to follow his example. And he says that if we follow his instructions and example, the God of peace will be with us. Earlier, you'll notice that Paul says that the peace of God will be with us. But now he says that the God of peace himself will be with us. This is very comforting. With God comes a peace that only he can give. Aren't you glad that God specifically tells us how to battle worry while promising to be there for us? When trials come, we need to remember the Lord, trust in the Lord, and meditate on the Lord and his attributes. If we do these things, he promises to give us his peace. And his peace is not the peace that the world gives. God's peace is infinitely greater. We must look to him if we want to fight anxiety. Are you worried about the outcome of a final? Give it to the Lord. Are you worried about the number in your bank account? Give it to the Lord. No matter how difficult the trial, God can give you true peace that is so amazing it surpasses our understanding. I challenge you this week to put your complete trust in the Lord, and he will give you his peace. In John 14, 27, Jesus is talking to his disciples and says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for letting us gather here tonight and learn more about you. Thank you for all of your blessings and giving us your peace that is so much greater than the world's peace. When trials come, help us to remember your goodness, put our complete trust in you, and meditate on you and your attributes. Give us a good rest of the day and help us to have a good service to follow. I ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.